Hey guys, welcome to the WCBC podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. And we're here, and it's been a couple weeks. Um, I, I think we put out an episode on the 25th of last month, and some of you might be like, whoa, where y'all been? Well, Alan went on vacation. Um, I was able to go on vacation, and I'm actually going out of, out of town again. Um, so next week, there may not be an episode, or what I might do is pre-schedule um, Pastor Sermon today. Yeah. For after this, because today we're gonna let, we're talking about the full council and how pastors and preachers and evangelists and um, I mean Sunday school teachers, but mainly like men who hold authority, like office that has been given, like a pastor, uh, under shepherd, like they're charged to share the whole gospel. And Pastor preached on that today, and Alan and I are talking on that today. It's pretty neat. Um, so it might be that we post this episode this week, and then next week I might put his sermon out. Um, so people can kind of listen to it, and that would be cool. I think it would yeah. really do the subject justice. Um, some of you guys might be asking, well, what about this First John, these discussions? Uh, we posted the first one. I thought we had a second one, but maybe we didn't. Maybe I'm just losing my mind. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, I thought we talked about First John 4 after we ter- talked about First John like 2 or something like that. Um, my computer's full of episodes, so... I'm going to have to find it. And if it's not there, then I'm crazy. And that's fine, too. Um, but uh, we're... I'm old. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play the senile card. That's okay. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> we'll, we'll blame Alan. Uh, but no, we're we're going to definitely have more discussions about some First John. Um, we're, we're just kind of like letting the Lord lead us um, yeah. through His Holy Spirit. And that's why we're talking about this today. Um, not, not so much, you know, pastor did preach on it, but like, we want to take, you know, the hour, however long we usually do a podcast and kind of like talk about it in depth. Um, and you know, a lot of times like pastors will, they've got a lot of ground to cover sometimes. And sometimes I might have two, three, four point sermons. Um, sometimes I might be like, you know, uh, they have a, a, a whole section of scripture verse by verse, and they're going to exegete every text, you know, verse by verse. So a lot of times, you know, they may not have tons of time as Alan and I do to kind of like look at something and like pick it apart or like go more in depth and spend more time. And some pastors can, some pastors do, but um, we're excited to be able to talk about this today. Um, and we're in Acts chapter 20. If you're listening to this and you do have a Bible, um, you can go ahead and go there. But um, yeah, so we've been gone, vacation, vacation next week. I'll be on vacation um, we'll try to still post something. Um, we are pretty excited, though. Uh, we have some guests that we're hopefully, Lord willing, going to have on here. Um, just some different people, um, but also people from this church, um, like Richard. Richard doesn't listen to this, so he's not. he won't even know when I come up he, to him. Richard doesn't know what a podcast is. No, he doesn't really do phones or <laughs> internet. Download. What? Yeah, <laughs> and so it's going to be funny because we're talking about it now, and people are going to be like, "Oh, we're going to get to listen to Richard," and I'm, I'm I haven't told him yet. And so who, you know, if anybody's listening to this, and you know Richard, Richard Dirk, yeah, just uh, <laughs> tell him you can't wait for him to be on the podcast. And if he acts confused, that's fine. Um, it'll just surprise him. So, uh, but yeah, him, and then some a couple guests that Lord willing, we're hoping we're going to get to have on here. We're super excited. Um, and uh, yeah, so let, let's get into this. Okay. So, as I was saying, let me get some coffee. As I was saying, uh, when we look at, for instance, Paul. When we look at Paul's life and how Paul lived, you know, Paul said that he was set apart at birth. Um, that's like Galatians 1.15, I think. Paul was set apart at birth, which uh, shows that God chose Paul as the elect. Paul was predestined. Um, but not only was Paul chosen um, to be saved, but Paul was chosen to be a minister of the gospel um, to the Gentiles. But he also went to the synagogues and talked to the Jews as well, because you have to think, I mean, he was a Jew. A lot of his friends were probably Pharisees, because, you know, he was in the school, and I think it was a school under Shammy, if I'm not mistaken, or Shema, however you pronounce it, Um and he said he he was top Pharisee. He was top of his class. So I would imagine that he probably is very well known. Because if you remember, Alan, after Paul gets saved, one of the first things he does is 
when he finally, you know, he goes, I think it's like, um, a, not a rape, maybe it was. He goes three years, isolation, right after he's converted. And when he finally comes out, you know, he starts sharing the gospel. And people are like, is this not Paul who persecuted, you know, the church, Christians? Is this not him? So, like, he, he was well known. You know what I'm saying? People knew his reputation. They knew he was a persecutor of the church. And in that same text, he's like, no, I'm I'm here. I'm here in the gospel. I'm here to preach the gospel. And he, he shares his testimony. And had a struggle. And, yeah. Starting out with credibility with the, the original disciples because they're like, eh, we know who you are, dude. But when, his reputation yes. preceded him. But when you get to see him, Paul, and Barnabas go to the disciples and you see the discussion that's held and then they have the right hand of fellowship and the text talks about that, you know, Peter would go to the Jews, Paul would go to the Gentiles and right hand of fellowship. They're on the same ground. Yeah. Um, and they reference each other in their, their writings, which is, you know, pretty neat because, I mean, they knew each other. Um, but, you know, Paul was given the gospel um, specifically so that he could share with Gentiles the, the truth. And, and here's, the, here's the cool thing. When you start out in the book of Acts, I mean, Jesus says, right, you're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And, like, you see that play out in Acts. It's like the first few chapters, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then the ends of the, the earth by, you know, the end of Acts. And, you know, Peter preaches in Acts 2, and it, you know, it gets down to it, brothers. What do we do? He says, "Repent, and be baptized." Um, that doesn't mean that you just confess your sins and then jump in some water, um, and that's it. Um, because if we look at it literally, then that's what it says. We we have to add context to it. Of you know, Peter says, "Repent, be baptized for the remission of sins, forgiveness of sins." Right there in Acts two, but in Acts three, his other sermon, he said, "Repent for the remission of sins." So like, you really have to study out the gospel as a whole, um, and not you know. Look at everything literal or narrow. Um, you have to consider all of the gospel, and it's belief and faith in Jesus alone. Um, no works, um, lest we would boast. And so Paul, um, Peter, not Paul, Peter preaches, right? 3,000 souls are saved. Um, and you see the establishment that's taking place of the church. I mean, the church is being established. Order is being established. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing, but here's the thing. like The church was established by Christ. It's His church. It's His bride. Uh, the church has been purchased with His blood. Um, his blood covers the elect, those who would believe. Um, John 10, my sheep will hear my voice, right? They'll know me. I'm their shepherd. They'll follow me. He said, I have sheep of another fold. Those are Gentiles. Um, but yet, when we look at like Romans eight or Romans nine, you know, um, you know, all things work together good to those who love them, those he predestined, you know, all, it's specific. It's not just a general group. It's specific um, when he talks about the elect. I mean, he knows his sheep; they hear his voice. Um, Jesus, you know, said not only did he die for our sins, that he died for the sins of the whole world. He's propitiation. His death was perfect. On the cross, but we also know that only those who enter into heaven um, will be covered by His blood. Um, does that mean that His blood's not strong enough for the whole world? Um, no, that's not what we're suggesting. But what we are suggesting is that if it's a universal atonement that's for all people, then His blood was not strong enough to save those in hell. That's a suggestion. Um, so therefore, we have to understand that when Christ died on the cross, it was for those who believe. It's for the elect, those who are chosen. Um, scriptures, uh, you know, very clear when we look at Romans eight and Romans nine, that Roman or John ten, right? When you start looking in these texts, that it's talking about a specific group of people. Um, now, who are those? That's that's God's saving work, right? I can't tell you who's in and who's out. Um, you know, someone who believes in free will to the highest extent can't tell you who's in or out. Um, so that's the beautiful part is it's not up to me and it's not to up to someone else. It's not to the Calvin or the Arminian or the free will guy or the non-free will guy. Um, it's not up for anyone to determine that's for God. Um, amen for that. Yep. Um, but what we know is those who believe will be covered by the blood and then as they enter into the kingdom, right, or they enter into the presence of God, which, you know, when we look at the gospel uh, from uh, the way that we believe is that... Um, we're in the, the last days. We've been in those last days since Christ died and ascended. Um, the rapture, right? The, the catching away of the church will take place. Um, after that, you know, we'll have a time period of tribulation. 
Um, then you get into, you know, the return of Christ, and then you have the millennium, and you have all the... So, like, there's an order to the way that we see gospel, and we see scriptures, and the Holy Spirit teaches us those things. Um, but where I'm going with this is, like, when you look at Paul, when you look at Peter, when you look at um, the gospel, all of these things that I've just mentioned, they're very specific. They're very specific. And one thing is from the early church, right? You see how the church starts and how they carry on. And, you know, ever since the church started in Acts, here we are in 2022, waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the rapture. Um, we see the gospel being proclaimed, Alan. Now, Alan, one thing that I want to talk about with Paul is that Paul preached the gospel to the Gentiles, but Paul was a minister. Uh, Paul was pastor, evangelist, you name it. Apostle, he he was that. Um, but Paul had a specific responsibility. Uh, Peter had a responsibility. Timothy had a responsibility. Titus had a responsibility. Um, these men of the early church, but also the later church, um, Igneous, um, you know, you could even look at like John Calvin, um, then you think about now, like a John MacArthur, Jason Blair. I mean, you could go down the list. You look at these preachers throughout time. They have a specific set of instructions to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, in Acts chapter 20, where we're going to be, um, I, I want to read just a little bit ahead. Um, Paul is before the Ephesian leaders, okay? And I want to start right here. Um, in verse 17. Let me get situated right here. Um, it says, Paul... Hold on, my, my phone. Okay, now, Paul from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia. Serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and uh, with trials that happened to me through the plot of the Jews. Okay, How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house. Which is great. Paul did that. Testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Boom. What about that, Alan? Repentance towards God of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Right there. Faith. Faith in Christ. Repentance in Christ. Um, so, now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Okay? Um, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Um, Alan, what courage, what boldness Paul had. He yeah. didn't He didn't care. Um, I think a lot of us would say that we're, we're, we've reached that mark, um, but I, I would dare to say we may not be as big as we think we are or as uh, prepared as we think we are. Um, but look, now behold, I know that none of you among you whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Um, now, when you look at the whole counsel of God, I'd like to talk about that Greek word, whole. Um, the King James would say all, right? I mean, so literally in English, we know what all means, everything, right? Um, but this word, this Greek word in the manuscript is pos. And it literally, I mean, I've read this to Alan already, but um, including all forms of declension, apparently a primary word, all, any, every, the whole, uh, each, every, any, the whole, everyone, all things, everything collectively, some of all types. Um, so like it, it, when Paul says all or the whole council, Paul is talking about the gospel, the whole gospel. Now, one thing that I admire is that Paul said, I did not shrink, okay? Um, Paul, in the King James, says, I have not shunned to declare. Paul never stopped. 
He didn't shrink up and get nervous. He didn't hide parts of it. He proclaimed the whole gospel as a whole. Um, thank you for that. You know what I'm saying? Praise God that Paul was obedient to set a good example and a standard. But one thing that I think is huge, Alan, is it wasn't just Paul's decision. It was the gospel and the calling that the Lord put on him and gave him that he would share the whole gospel. And he said above, he's like, I get it. I'm probably going to be beaten or put in prison, and I don't care. It's not about me or my body. It's about Christ. Yeah. But, you know, Alan, this really hits home because any person that proclaims to be a minister of the gospel is held to a standard of sharing that gospel. Now, when we talk about the gospel, there's a lot of different people that believe in the gospel, but I, I want to clarify something. There's only one true gospel. And you might be like, well, Hunter, what do you what do you mean there's one true gospel? The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ? No, no, no. I get that. Literally, there is one version of the gospel in the text. But what I'm saying is that there are other gospels. Because when you look at the gospel, you look at the life of Jesus Christ, you look at the message of Jesus Christ, you look at everything that he did, um, you know, the life he lived, he died on the cross, uh, he rose again, and then he went to the right hand of God. And here's the thing, Alan. That's the gospel. But when we talk about believing, right, or adding things to it, like works or other things, there are other gospels. There are different gospels. Because of how people say, you know, well, you have to do this. Well, you have to be baptized. You have to speak in a tongue. You have to do this. So that's, that's, that's other gospels. That's another version. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that if a man will repent, confess, and believe only, faith only, after being drawn to God of his sins and put his faith in Christ, he's saved. That's the true gospel we see in Scripture. That's it. Now, Paul never shrunk from declaring this. Now, when we talk about the whole gospel, I have a quote from MacArthur in his commentary. Listen to this. The whole counsel of God. The entire plan and purpose of God for man's salvation in all its fullness. Divine truths of creation, election, redemption, justification, adoption, conversion, sanctification, holy living, and glorification. Paul strongly condemned those who adulterate the truth of Scripture. Um, you know, Paul would say in Galatians, If another man preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. So that even adds more emphasis. There are other gospels, other versions that people try to use and proclaim that are false. And Paul says that they're an anathema. They need to be cut off. It's very extreme. Uh, very extreme exaggeration of they need to be separated, yeah. sliced. It's good. That's a good description of what he calls, uh, describes uh, someone who twists or distorts that process. It, it compares it to adultery. Yeah. that's. I think that's a very good uh, analogy to, to look at how holy and how precious and how uh, uh, sanctimonious God's Word is, and that any any perversion, any twisting, any manipulation of that from the human element or the human standpoint or the human intellect or opinion mm-hmm. is, is, is nothing short of adulterous. Because it's like, when you look at, like, justification, um, that's a doctrine that, you know, it's faith, we're justified by faith. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to define that. Like, you can't just say, oh, you know, that's gospel. No, you, I mean, we, that is gospel. We have to define how we're justified by faith alone, not of works, not of efforts. Yep. And so, when we look at the gospel, excuse me, it is the death, burial, and resurrection. It's the doctrines of the gospel. The things of the Bible, the things of the message, the, uh, the, the requirement, or the way man responds. I mean, that is gospel. And Paul, you know, says, you know, I, I shared the whole gospel. I didn't shrink to share those things. And then what Alan was talking about is like, when you look at 2 Corinthians 2.17, did you have it up? I've got 1 Corinthians 9. What's 16. that one? It says, for uh, though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For the necessity is laid upon me. For woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So Paul knew yes. this is not something that uh, I, I'm, I'm. You know, I think this is a good vocation. I think this is a good. There, I think there's some potential for growth if I take this avenue in my life. He's like, no, no, no. I have no choice. Mm-hmm. This is where God's got me. It's it, it's it's a calling that's placed on my life. And he says, help me. 
if I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Woe unto me if yeah. I don't do it. And, and he, I mean, he's very adamant yeah. about the the gospel and speaking it truly. And it's like Second Corinthians two seventeen. Paul is a writer of this as well. He says, "For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word." But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God and the sight of God, we speak Christ. So he's even talking about like we're not peddlers of God's word. We don't just change it or try to manipulate it. But he says we're men of sincerity, but we've also been commissioned by God. They've been called to be apostles. Men have been called to be pastors. Men have been called to be preachers. That's why you have spiritual gifts. They're called for those offices. They're called for those responsibilities. And Paul, you know, uses the phrase, we're not peddlers of God's word. But not only that, Paul talks about in 2 Timothy. For there the times come when people will not endure sound teaching. Yeah. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Yeah. Will turn away from listening to the truth to wander off into myths. And so, like, when people come up with other gospels about themselves or that you can work your way there, it's false. It's not true. Um, and, and it's like, we were talking about this today on, you know, when you look at the gospel... And you look at, like, you know, the Word and the things of the Bible, and it says, you know, repentance, right? We start talking about repentance, and amen to that. We heard repentant, a message on repentance today. But it's like, do I choose repentance, or does someone trigger that? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when you look at, like, being accountable for your sins, it's like when you look at the obvious gospel examples of salvation, people were pricked, like Acts 2. People were pricked at the heart. Uh, Lydia, the seller of garments, right, and acts, she was cut to the heart. Yeah. So people get to the point, like the Philippian jailer, you know, what must I do to be saved? But see, th- someone triggers that. It's not a decision that they make in the moment. No. And that someone's the, the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. And it's the, it's the work of a triune God. We believe it our whole heart. And our pastor used this example. I mean, you guys believe in God. Everyone, every hand in, in the church went up. Yeah. You know? And uh, our pastor rightfully quoted the scripture, you do well. Yeah. Satan also believes. Demons. Demons believe. You do well. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you guys believe in Jesus Christ is the son of God. Same same reaction. Yeah. And then the very, I'm talking about profound question that stimulated thought is if the we believe in a triune God, which is three parts all in one, inseparable. All three are one. How can somebody know God and say Jesus Christ is Son, but be absent of the work of, of the Spirit and evidence of the Holy Spirit? And that, and Alan, that's that's so valid. And when he asked that this morning, you know, he's like, "How do you?" He's like, "What if I were to ask you, what's God doing in your life? What's the Holy Spirit at work in you about?" Um, you know, what conviction, you know, he said when he talked about that the Holy Spirit would prove the world of sin, judgment, righteousness, you know, what, what, he's the teacher, he's the comforter, he's the corrector, um, he's the one who produces fruit in us, but even going back, he's the one that regenerated us. Exactly. That's, that's what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit of God regenerates us and we're born again, we're and made new. And when you, when you start talking about this, if you're looking at the, the, the days in which we live and organized religion and you look at somebody who has made a career choice and they want to build a huge following and fill a building with patrons who will contribute that topic is not one that's going to promote filling up a building and and filling up a bank account because that topic is going to cut because if the holy spirit's not present then I assume that the Holy Spirit would make that evident in your life, and then the conviction yeah. of the Holy Spirit would say, "Hey, you're, you you need to you need a relationship with me." That wooing, that drawing, and, and then uh, the applicable time is now. Today's the day of salvation. Respond to that. And, and you know, I mean, Alan, the the work of the Holy Spirit making us new, but not only that, producing fruit in our life is so important. And this is this is a topic that scared a lot of evangelicals to death to even go into a, a deep dive conversation about the function of god the holy spirit yeah and, and uh man after wednesday night's sermon uh jake uh spoke up and and gave a statistic now, i don't know where he got his number from i may ask him and we can post that later but 70 percent of evangelicals now will say 
there may be another way to heaven other than through Jesus Christ. So that tells me that 70% of people who claim to be evangelical Christians have missed the mark, completely missed the mark. Because if you think there's another way other than Jesus Christ, you've missed something because the scripture is very clear. There is no other way. You cannot climb across the wall like a thief. He is the door. No man comes to the Father except through him. And the Holy Spirit draws them. And uh, as we as we get into this, I hope we can spend some time talking. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm I've, we've already established how old I am. But for a large portion of my life, I thought the Holy Spirit was goosebumps. I thought that the Holy Spirit was... Uh, irreplaceably attached to my emotions now i don't want to i don't want to put my uh you know i am an emotional person and i probably need to uh spend more time in, in development of my uh sanctification in god's word and i think that's probably what's helping me understand it and not be intimidated to talk about this subject because there's more to the holy spirit than me crying there's more of the holy spirit than me jumping a pew or, or 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 hot lapping the church the holy spirit's work in my life should be something that i'm that still so i'm listening to constantly i'm in communicate i'm in that passionate pursuit of him he speaks to me we communicate uh, we talk about communication what's my prayer life like it's not it's not communication if i'm the one doing all the talking and not ever listening god will speak back I need to shut my mouth and listen at point, some point in time. And, and through that Holy Spirit, he'll speak to me. He'll guide me. He'll put people in my path. He'll give me opportunities. And through the Holy Spirit, it's my responsibility then to be obedient, to step out on faith, and, and to, to, to move uh, in, a, in a direction that honors and glorifies God. And, you know, Alan, when you look at, like you were saying, like the Holy Spirit, and you start looking at the work of the triune God. Um, Lydia, the Philippian jailer, all yeah. they were triggered yeah. by God because yeah. no one can come to God. No one can come, you know, unless the Father who sent me draws, John six forty four. Yep. Um, uh, one text, you know, Jesus looks at Peter, and this is huge, and says, who do, you, who do you say that I am? Peter says, well, you, thou art the Christ, you are the Son of God. And Jesus is like, Great, but flesh and blood didn't reveal this to my Father in heaven. So the Father is the one who reveals to us and draws us to the gospel, to his Son, that we're lost. But who does this wooing? How, how does this wooing, how does this regeneration, how does this conviction, who, who does it take place through? The power of his Spirit, the drawing Absolutely. power of God through Absolutely. the Spirit. Um, a quote I've talked about on here, the Holy Spirit is an avenue in which God communicates to man the truth of the gospel. And like God triggers repentance. It's not just a choice I make one day. It's not just, oh, you know, well, I'm at a certain age or, you know, oh, well, I messed up or, oh, man, oh, gosh, you know, oh, man, I need to, I need to do better. No, when you, when godly sorrow works repentance mm -hmm. and when you look at the sorrow of realizing that you're completely lost and separated from God. You're not reconciled. You're separated. You're you're an you're an enmity with God. You are an enemy of God. You hate God. You're of Satan, right? And you realize that, oh man, I'm I'm lost. I'm separated. There's an awakening. There's a there's a there's a there's a reaction illumination in your soul. An enlightenment. Of a brokenness. They, they call it in theology, it's a special revelation where God reveals to you yes. the need of Christ. Yes. And, and people who make plans in the future, to some point, you know what, I'm, I'm going to live life, have fun, sow my wild oats, blah, 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 whatever. And at some point, not now, yeah. but some point futuristically, yeah, I'm, I don't I don't plan on going to hell. And, I plan on getting saved. And, you know, go ahead. You better You better watch that mindset. You better yes. watch. You better watch that mentality, because uh, you may and you may not. Yeah, uh, we're we're studying Revelations right now, and uh, man alive, uh, I, I, that's dangerous ground in the day we live in. Before the catching away of the church, and the Holy Spirit doesn't work in the same fashion after that point. But when you talk about the possibility of oh, accepting Christ at a later time, what if you're 
what if what if you know what if you're what if you're given over to strong delusions? What if there's a what's the first point in time in your life when yeah I've, I believe God but yeah it's just not that important right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah D- don't 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 put your eggs in that basket that that's going to be something that's guaranteed to you. Yeah, and like here's a you know don't undermine what the Spirit does. John no. three is clear that. Everyone born of the Spirit. Regeneration. Being born again. Yep. Born of flesh is flesh. Born of spirit is spirit. That's it. There's nothing about, you know, a tongue or water or commandments right there. It, Conven- being born. Convenience. Yep. Romans 8 talks yep. about life in the Spirit. Um, so we're indwelled by ho- the Holy Spirit of God. But here's the other thing. You know, on people that talk about later on in life and this and this and this and this. Uh, you know, I don't have to worry about later on in life. Because the Bible also says that the Holy Spirit was the down payment. Earnest. Earnest, right? And I'm sealed. There is a seed within me, right, that is imperishable. That means it can't be destroyed. But also there's a seed within me that cannot sin. That's the perfect Holy Spirit of the triune God that now lives within me and is perfect. Now here's the thing. I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, but I'm clothed in flesh. Paul said, I see two laws, right? I delight in this law, but I see another law waging war in my members. And and he's talking about, um, like 1 Peter talks about, the war between the spirit and the flesh. They wage war against each other. And so even as a Christian who's indwelt by a perfect Holy Spirit of God, my flesh still wages war against the things of God. So I have to surrender to obedience. I have to bring in those imaginations. I have to cast my vain imaginations, bring them down the strongholds, right, into obedience to Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit triggers all that is our point. Yes. And so if you preach a gospel where the Holy Spirit's not the indweller or the one who seals or the one who is at work and the person who is under the conviction or the the need of repentance and salvation, then it's all based off your choice. Exactly. So it's like, I, Alan, this is, some people might cringe, but like there is a speaker, and I'm pretty sure he's a pastor, but he, he he's a rapper. His name's Shaolin. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's an older guy. Hmm. But, Alan, I, I mean, it's like, I need to find this. And while I'm finding this, Alan, um, I found that statistic. I don't know if it's specifically um, what um, Jake quoted from, but I was looking at many, and this is from ChristianPost.com, and they did they got this survey off Pro Religious View Study of 2020, and it, uh, nearly 70% of born-again Christians don't see Jesus as the only way. Wow. Mind-blowing. What, what, a, what a statement. Mind-blowing. So, Alan, going, getting us back to this point we're making about the whole gospel, and I'm going to look this up, this quote, while you're talking, answering this question. How important is it right now that pastors and evangelists, men who speak before churches and at tent revivals or at conferences, how important is it right now that they're sharing the whole true counsel of God? How important is that? It is of paramount. Because if you look at society, if you look at the day that which we live in and the things that are going on, uh, the need for uh, scriptural uh, application of God's Word, the whole counsel uh, from the pulpits to be taught, preached, encouraged to the flock, not just to make us feel good about ourselves, but to disperse on Sundays and live out on Mondays in our workplaces, in our schools, in our uh, places of business, to be that light, to be that interaction with folks, to see that there's hope, that there's a better way. Uh, man, life, uh, the preachers that are preaching not the whole counsel of God, the preachers who are preaching the feel-good-about-yourself, uh, self-esteem gospel, uh, you know, the preachers who are preaching the sugar uh, because it's not offensive and there's no repentance there, and, and you have carnal people filling up the church that 70% of them think that I can get to heaven without Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's the, to me, evidence that godly men need to be able to stand and, and proclaim God's word with confidence, n- knowing what it says about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and how that they interact in our life, and how they affect us, and how that our life should be 
changed and fashioned in the likeness and image of God and that we should put away that old life, take off that old coat, put on the new, and, and to be in a sanctification uh, pursuit of his will in our life. Uh, man alive, it's a, it's a it's a huge deal, and uh, it's really important for our church, not just our church, but all churches in the day that we live in. And it is important. Yeah, we need we need whole council preaching. Yep, like that quote: "The origins of creation, election, redemption, justification, adoption, conversion, sanctification." All that's important. Holy living, glorification. All that's important. We need that. Yes, my we, kids need that. My grandkids need that. But here's the thing: we don't need people that will venture to not share it. Like, you know, the message in this new age is all love. All love. He's just all love. Don't talk about everything else. He's just all love. He is all love. Amen. But what about the one who said vengeance is mine? What about the one in Romans 1 that said the wrath has been revealed, right? The wrath of God has now been revealed. The gospel, right? When we look at Jesus in that Luke chapter, Luke 13, repent or you likewise perish. He loves us, but he hates our sin. And that's what, like, we need the whole gospel. Yes. And here's the thing. If you're a pastor and you don't want to preach on alcohol because you're afraid people will leave. If you want to preach that people love you, but you can keep on sinning. Stop. Stop doing that. Stop. Preach you're giving the, all of us a black it, eye. <laughs> preach the whole counselor. Don't preach. Exactly. If you won't speak on certain subjects because you're afraid people will leave, stop. Stop, stop doing that. Stop. Because you need to preach the whole counsel of God. And that's what Paul said. I've preached the whole counsel to you. I didn't shrink in doing that. And if you're a preacher or a pastor and you shrink because you're afraid of what people think or people are going to leave, then stop. Preach the whole counsel of God and don't shrink. Let me let me say this in a way that I hope it don't get me labeled as a bigot. Or You're going to get canceled, I'm, I'm, Alan. I'm, I'm gonna get, they're gonna, I'll be on Facebook place or whatever. They, <laughs> If you think that God loves you and you can continue your sinful lifestyle without any modification, any mm-hmm. repentance, because that's the definition of, of, of what we're wanting this podcast to, to, to be centered around is because there's such a lack of repentance, brokenness over our sin where God convicts us through the Holy Spirit uh, and again, I think we've established the reason that is because uh, the Holy Spirit's absent, and a lot of people who claim to be Christians they have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. So uh, that Holy Spirit prompts us that hope that's you've broken my word, you've hurt my heart, you've transgressed my law, and because of that it brings on a remorse. It says not only have I sinned, but I've hurt God's heart. And now I want to, I want, I want God. Don't, not only don't you say I'm sorry for doing that. But I don't want to do it no more. I want yeah. I want to change my behavior. I want to I want to turn from that. I want to turn to you. Yeah. Repentance. The, the 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 key point in that is first I've got to admit that I was wrong. I done something wrong. You can't find anybody admit they've done anything wrong nowadays. And, and Alan, it, it's we have to have it. We have to have the whole council. We have to have every doctrine proclaimed. We have to have scripture rightly divided and rightly handled and taught. Because if we don't, we get to places like you just said. People don't want to, they're not wrong. They're not in wrong. They're not in sin. Because of watered down preaching, people think that they can continue in their lifestyle and add Jesus to it. Yep. No. You deny yourself. Yep. You forsake yourself. Absolutely. If you want life, you have to die. You have to give that life up. And that's the gospel. That is what Paul preached. That is what Peter preached. That is what pastors need to preach now. And it's so important because, Alan, I want I want to read this. Go this, ahead. From, this is from Shaolin's song. Hopefully we won't get copyrighted. Sha, Shaolin, you're, keep going, man. Um, listen to this. Um, Father, Son, and Spirit, three and yet one, working as a unit to get things done. Our salvation began and eternity passed. God certainly has to bring it all his purpose to pass. A triune, triune, eternal bond no one could ever sever. When it comes to the church, peep how they work together. This rap song. The Father foreknew first, the Son came Does to earth. Look. I guess. Look. Look at, look at how they're doing you know, people. So the, the Father foreknew first, the Son came hip. to earth to die. The Holy Spirit gives new birth. 
The Father elects them. The Son pays their debt and protects them. The Spirit is the one who resurrects them. The Father chooses them. The Son gets bruised from them. The Spirit renews them and produces fruit in them. Well, Hold on. This guy, theology, sound, sound. He also says, produce fruit in them. Everyone's not, everybody's not the elect. The Father decides. It's only the elect in whom the Spirit resides. Okay? The Father and the Spirit completely unified, but when it comes to hell, when, but when it comes to Christ and those in hell, he says, well, they be saying, Lord knows he tried. So it's all, it's talking about the effort, right? Yeah. But look at this. Third and final verse. Here's the situation. Just a couple more things for your consideration. If saving everybody was why Christ came into history with so many in hell, why have we'd have to say he failed miserably? That's a, that's a thought. If he came in, look, let me read that again. Here's the situation, just a couple more things for your consideration. If saving everybody was why Christ came into history, with so many in hell, we'd have to say he failed miserably. So many think he only came to make it possible. Let's follow this solution to a conclusion that's logical. I love that. What about those who were already in the grave? The Old Testament wicked, condemned as depraved. Did he die for them? Come on, behave. But worst of all, you're saying... So it's talking about the Old Testament wicked people that die. He's saying, did, he, they, did, did they die for him? And he's like, come on, be logical. You know what I'm saying? But look at this. But worst of all, you're saying the, the cross by itself doesn't save. That we must have to do something to give the cross its power. That means at the end of the day, the glory is ours. Mm-hmm. That man-centered thinking is not recommended. The cross will save for all those who who are intended. Because for the elect, the God's wrath was satisfied. So, I mean, listen to this statement. At the end of the day, the glory's ours. That we must do something to give the cross its power. That means at the end of the day, the glory's ours. That goes to it, Alan. Mm-hmm. The whole counsel yep. of God is of God. Salvation belong is of God. It is God's. It belongs to God. Salvation is His. And when we look at the whole counsel of God, we need people. We need men that will preach how the Lord created all things. The Lord Christ. We need to know about how He appeared, right? To David. To Abraham. How He was their Lord, their Messiah. We need to know about how the work of the Holy Spirit was evident in the prophets and led them to speak the things of God. We need to know about how the Father, right, appeared to Moses in the mount, right? He had to hide in the cleft of the rock because it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. But we need to know about how the prophecies about Isaiah 53 and others about the Messiah coming. We need to know about Daniel in chapter 10 when he saw the vision of the terrifying man, right? And the description was almost identical with Isaiah 6 and what we read in Revelations 1 about Jesus, right? His hair was like white wool. His eyes were like fire. We need to know, Alan, about the prophets, the minor prophets, and how they spoke of all of these things. We need to know about how Jesus came through a virgin birth. We need to know about how Jesus lived on earth among men preaching the gospel and doing miracles and re- revealing his deity as the son of God, but that he was coming to die. He wasn't coming to sit on the throne, he was coming to die. We need to know about that after he died at the crucifixion and he died for sins, that he rose again three days later. We need to know about that after that he returned to the right hand of God. We need to know about the early establishment yeah. of the church. We need to know about the ordinances. The comforter. We, we need yeah. to know that the gospel is by faith and belief alone, not yeah. of baptism or tongues or keeping the commandments or anything else. We need to know, Alan, the doctrines of uh, redemption, justification, adoption, conversion, sanctification, holy living, glorification, sanctification. We need to know about what happens at the rapture. We need to know about the tribulation. We need to know about the second coming of Christ when he comes and defeats all things. We need to know about the millennial. We need to know about that thousand year reign. We need to know about the judgment that takes place at the great white throne and the bema. And we need to know that after everything is said and done and judgment is done, that we will reign with him forever. Yep. And we will live with him forever. And we need to know the whole counsel of God. Sure do. Absolutely. We need to know about the sins, right? Of homosexuality, talking behind people's back, 
uh, selfishness, greediness, uh, sorcery, uh, drunkenness, you name it. We need to know the whole counsel of God and how God is against unrighteousness. Why? Because all unrighteousness is sin. We need to know those things, Alan. But here's the thing. We need to know that it's of God. Because if it's off of us, if it's off of the things that we say or uh, this or this or this or it's this universal decision, it's this universal gospel. And, and, and uh, you know, Jesus' blood wasn't significant enough for uh, every... You know, and, and I love that he said, you know, but what about those in hell? Does that mean that his blood wasn't strong enough to save them? No! It's for those who believe, the elect. And I love that he says in this song... And some people might be like, you're quoting a rap song. I'm not listening to that. That's fine. Go listen to the song yourself. Read the lyrics. Listen to this. Worst of all, you're saying the cross by itself doesn't save that we must have, we must do something to give cross its power. We can't do anything to give cross its power, Alan. It's not based off my effort or my decisions. It's based off God. It's based off Christ. It's based off the gospel. And we need ministers. We need evangelists to preach the whole counsel of God and stop letting culture affect the way that you preach. Because that's what's happening now. It is. It's exactly what's happening. Society is determining what is being preached. Culture has uh, penetrated the church to the point where pastors don't want to preach on certain things because people will leave. That's not the whole counsel. That's not the whole counsel. And Paul literally said, I've determined to preach nothing but the whole counsel. At one point, he said, I've determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. It out the gospel. That's it, man. You're worried about the the rap song? It, 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 there may be people that listen to this. It, it, well, I hope I don't hurt your feelings. I hope I love you. If, if, you're, if you're about to get offended, I'm going to go ahead and preface this with, I love you. There may be people that listen to this and go to your statements and say, oh, he's referencing a rap song. And because of the stylistic differences of preference they say oh you're bringing the world into the church and that same person could be the one sitting there looking at the teenage girl with inappropriate thoughts in his mind no my friend you're bringing the world into the church that's all i'll say about what's funny too is when you go look at his music it's all about doxology and theology they leave stylistic preferences out of it listen to the wording yeah listen to the message dude i'm telling you like i just got put on this guy like, I just heard this song. That was the first one I heard. And when you go look at the theologies... Okay, let me throw this out there. Obviously, he's he's Calvinist. He's Reformed. Let's just throw that out there, because some people don't like that stuff. But when you listen to the songs, and you listen to what he's talking about doctrine-wise... Yeah. Go listen to the man preach. Go yeah. listen to him speak. Um, weigh it yourself. Determine yourself. But here's the thing. Regardless of the rapper, or the song, or the quote I just gave, this is what I want to say. If this statistic says nearly 70% of born-again Christians don't see Jesus as the only way, we have a problem. We have a problem, Alan. But I dare to say this. It started with men who would not preach the whole counsel of God. Agreed. Started. Agree 100%. And this is my thing, guys. Listen, I understand that. Listen, I I go to a Baptist church. The Baptist denomination, by the way, is falling apart. Nobody knows that. Um, they're having to de- evidently that's a secret. Well, they're having to determine what pastor <laughs> means at this point. Yeah. So they're falling apart. Um, but this is what I'm saying. It don't matter if you're Baptist, Church of God, in, any denomination out there. Um, I was able, this last week, somebody sent me a podcast, and I started of a man who is a Church of Christ pastor for 18 years, and now he's out. And he's a he's a opposite. He's a Reformed Baptist minister. What? Yeah, He but he talks about, <laughs> like, he talks about him coming to faith, like him having faith, and, all the, and it's awesome. It's powerful. Um, but here's the thing. It don't matter... Who you are, where you go, or what you say, you have to be born again. You have to. No matter what time you Have to, got, have to, have to. No matter what denomination you claim to be a part of. You have to be born again. You have to be saved, line. faith alone. And um, that's what we preach. That's what we proclaim. It's nothing personal towards anybody. It's just the gospel. And this is the thing, Alan. You know, I think about, like, where I work. There's people, a lot of people that don't agree with me. I still love them. Yep. I still talk to them. Yep. Um, why? Because it's worth it. It's worth it. The gospel's worth it. But, you know, we have to share the whole counsel, the full counsel, and we need that. And so if you're listening to this and you're a preacher or a pastor, um, stay the course. Yeah. Preach the full gospel. Preach the whole counsel of God. Preach the, all the doctrines. Preach repentance. Preach re- faith alone. Preach those things. Teach those things. Cling to those things. 
And, and this is what I'm telling you. You're listening to this, and maybe you believe differently, or uh, maybe you're lost. Maybe you've just stumbled upon this. I want to tell you this. Jesus Christ died for your sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And through the whole, the power of the Holy Spirit and through the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the drawing power of God, you too can be saved. And I'll say this. Put your faith in I'll it. say this. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, Christian, self-proclaimed Christian, whatever, you may, whatever the case may be, uh, what, what's the Holy Spirit currently doing in your life? What, what, uh, what evidence is there that you're in an active uh, sanctification process? Man, what if you can't answer that? Mm. I don't know. It's a good, I mean, you here's the thing: if you listen to this and you can't answer that, reach out to us. Yeah, reach out to us because we're not, it, we're not again. We 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 talk a lot, and we sometimes we're we're straight in our words. But listen, if you think you're a Christian, but the Holy Spirit is absent from your day to day activity, from your interactions. Uh, that's a problem. Yeah, if he's not producing fruit in you, it's a problem. And you're not furthering in sanctification, there's an issue. There's an there's issue. An issue. There's and an issue and there. reach out to us. We, um, you know, we love to help answer that question. Maybe because you're you're like I don't know, I, I can't I I can't think of anything. Reach out. We'd love to discuss that. Um, but guys, we love you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, you know, um, this next week, this will come out. And then the next week, my. It's probably going to be Pastor Jason's sermon. Um, we're, we need to pray over that first before we decide. Um, but we love you guys. We're thankful for you guys. And if you're local in this area and you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to Watson's Chapel. Um, not that it's about this building or this church or the people here. We're just about the cause of Christ. And we want to be about it, Alan. We want to sure. be trained. We want to continue to grow. Um, we want you, to see people saved. Yeah. And you've got a lot to offer, and you need to be hooked up in a in a local body somewhere. Yeah. Using your gift that God give you. Absolutely. Come join us. But uh, other than that, Alan, you got anything? God bless. All right, guys. We're going to head into our evening service if you can hear people in the background. So we will see you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>